Tired of overpaying for the little blue pill? What if you could get the exact same results for just a fraction of the price, guaranteed? Well, now you can with sildenafil, the active ingredient in the blue pill. With 20 milligram generic sildenafil tablets, you get the exact same results for less than $2 per pill. And again, the results are guaranteed. That's right. Absolutely guaranteed results for a fraction of the cost of the little blue pill. So give your wallet a break and call us toll free at 800-365-6017 to get your generic sildenafil delivered discreetly to your door. And of course, while saving hundreds of dollars, you'll also be saving time by saying goodbye to those long, embarrassing pharmacy lines once and for all. Again, just call 800-365-6017 and get your generic sildenafil with a 100% money-back guarantee. Getting your pills doesn't get any easier or cheaper than this, so call 800-365-6017 now. The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for Radiolawtalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, Radiolawtalk.com. Welcome to Radio Law Talk, hour number three, where you receive... Wonderful insights to cases that we're, we're talking about. We try to not talk about the same thing that everybody is talking about in the political world. We're talking about legal cases, but we are talking about Weinstein for the past three weeks, uh, and we finished that in hour one and part of hour two. Join us today at the third hour. We're going to discuss Roger Stone's sentence and some a little twist about the judge, what the judge has to decide. Uh, he, he was sentenced already um, this week. Uh, who's paying the $113 million bill uh, to the city of Michigan for allegedly polluting drinking water or the allegations of that because it's settled out of port? And the most important thing that Denise even said she's excited to talk about because everybody uses this, not everybody, but many of the lawyers use this, is psychiatric tests. Uh in court, they use for different things, and uh, USC and ASU, Arizona State University, University of Southern California professors did a study on it, and the study is very interesting to discuss as to whether or not a lot of these uh, specific tests should be used or not, which which are very important. It, it determines someone's sentence or guilt or innocence a lot of times. And then if we can get to it, we're just... Or losing children. Yeah, or losing children, that's right. And if we can get to it, we got a lot of other things to discuss. But what everybody loves, again, like I said, is is our case or no case. Cal, why don't you roll case or no case? Now it's time to play case or no case. Yay! All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our feature case or no case right here on Radio Law Talk. And let's see, where is it? I, I am just waiting for my document to refresh itself on my cell phone, so forgive me. Oh, boy. When that happens, does the document show up and go, whoo, I am so refreshed. Oh, I am right. glad uh, that I had a chance to step <laughs> out and I had a spritz. Have and, a you little know. suntan going on. I know. I, yes, I just. Uh, oh, it's so refreshed. Like just stepping out of the boys' room. Tawny James <laughs> lived in southwestern Idaho, right between Boise and Twin Falls. She was charged with shoplifting a book of patterns from the Snake River Sewing Store in Twin Falls, Idaho. 
She insisted that the store clerk had allowed her to borrow it. And she said, there's proof on the store security cameras. Just look at the video. And she went to her husband, Ralph, and asked if she could get a lawyer. And Ralph said, sure, because my buddy's at the feed store calling me, you, calling my wife a, a thief. And I want your name cleared. So let's do something about this. And so I ask you, case or no case? Wait, I'm not done yet. So she got a lawyer. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and she paid Mr. Mark Briggs the $5,000 he wanted up front. And suddenly, Mr. Briggs was nowhere to be found. He missed a filing deadline, did not show up for a preliminary hearing. And when he did file, he filed the wrong paperwork. When Tani asked him about this, he said, sure, I made a few mis mistakes, uh, but they were not intentional. That was just sloppy. He said, uh, she said, I've never heard of an attorney making that many mistakes. And he said, actually, that's pretty normal. And she said, I don't think so. So she went to Mark's lawyer uncle, Archie, because she wanted to sue Mark for improper lawyering. And so I ask you, Todd, I'm going to start with you. It's your turn. Case or no case? What say you, my friend? We're all at zero now. We're starting from ground zero. All right. Brand new case or no case? That's correct. Did, did I do something to you, Cal? Did, did, I, I mean, I, did, you know, did, did, I, did I step on your line in golf? No, or, no, you're fine. I mean, Cal, you start with me on this. Okay. Uh, so she retains the attorney, pays 5000 bucks, and he promptly stops her. Misses court dates and misses filing stuff. And, Messes up, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's common sometimes for attorneys to make a mistake here and there, but not that many. And certainly it is unforgivable to miss a court date without having somebody there to appear for you if you're double booked. Sometimes that happens, but yeah, not this kind of conduct. The conduct as described in this scenario, not common and definitely inappropriate. And the question I have is, she went to another attorney to sue him as opposed to picking up the phone and calling the state bar and complaining about Well, she didn't know what to do. She, she, she knew his uncle was a lawyer. She figured if I call this guy, yeah. he'll be able to get Todd off the dime and get moving him here a little. Or Mr. Bricks off the dime. Get him moving. You know. So I'm going to say... I'm gonna say <laughs> I didn't mean Todd, like... sorry. <laughs> Thank you. I am so sorry, Todd. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, the crackers. I blew that well, one. All of a sudden, my law practice just... <laughs> <laughs> up its, you know... Fred's over here going, I hope you know how to act because uh, your law practice is gone. So, um, Mark Asborn. Yes. I'm going to say this is an actual scenario. I'm going to also say that she was advised to call the state bar to, uh, to take – do we have any facts about whether or not the call to her uncle or friend about her, what her attorney was doing, happened before or after the resolution of her criminal case? Or yeah, was the case still pending? Factor. That's a great question, isn't it? Yes. You didn't think about that when you were making this one up, No, I'm telling you exactly what happened, if you'd like. Okay, she please. went. She had to turn back in the book. She had to pay a small fine. The judge said you were improperly charged. A good lawyer would have solved that mm. problem because this was a misdemeanor. And then she started reaching out and trying to fix the bad lawyering issue. Okay, so all of this is taking place after a determination. The of bad lawyer is, lawyering is taking place after the alleged theft case is handled. Yes, that's okay. correct. Well, that makes things easier. I believe that she retains an attorney, comes in, and gets her... Oh, gets her case or her conviction overturned on an ineffective assistance of counsel theory. That's my story, and I'm sticking by it. Would she get her $5,000 back? If she could. 
Yeah, if he had it. If, if he yeah, had it, yeah, I, yeah. you know, I, there was probably an order that he pay her back that, whether she was able to collect is a different story. Good. Thank you, Todd. So Denise. you're saying that she did sue yes. Mark. She sued Mark to get the cash. Okay. And Which to for, get her case overturned. Yeah. What okay. say you, Denise? What well, say you, Denise? for a professional malpractice, he certainly committed it. But what are her damages? The reality is she did not, was not convicted of theft. She actually was exonerated of the theft, and the judge told her that she's, you know, you're you're good to go because you proved that you had uh, borrowed the patterns and didn't steal the patterns. So she got her name, in essence, reclaimed or, or cleared of any bad things. So the only thing she's really out is the $5,000. Now, the question is, how smart is it for you, if you're wronged by an attorney, to go to that attorney's uncle? What the heck? Well, it was fa- she, you know, it's Idaho. You know, this Why is how you, you get things done uncle? in Idaho. You call somebody's uncle or dad. So, it, honestly, <laughs> if she went to that uncle, and it's going to depend on what the uncle told him. If the uncle called the, the um, nephew and said, return the money, then everything's good. But if that uncle said, oh, it's okay, everything's right, and he confirms what the attorney said about there being no professional malpractice, then he should be turned into the state bar, right? So, I think... I think that the uncle told Mark to return the $5,000, and she gets it, but its I don't think she sues him. And maybe and walk away and don't do this again. Maybe. Exactly. So you're saying, what do you say, case or no case? Well, that's the problem. I don't think there was a lawsuit. It's definitely a scenario, um, but I think she gets her money back. Okay. So what is that? That would be no case. Uh out-of-court resolution because no case was filed. That's what I'm hearing you say. Okay. That's you say, well, you're saying there was a case, but it was settled out of court. scenario. Well, I don't think she filed anything with so the court. So you're saying no case. I'm saying no case, but it was resolved. That doesn't matter. It's a no case. Yeah, because nothing was filed Hey, all I got to say is I got a very interesting twist on this. Oh, no. When we come Uh-oh. back, I've got a great Uh-oh. twist on this. I am telling you, you want to hear what I got to say, and I think I've got it down pat. We're going to be back with Case or No Case. I'm Fred Pitting, your host, 855-LAW-RADIO, or tweet us at Radio Law Talk. We'll be back. See how much fun I get to have here on this side of the board? Don't worry. More Radio Law Talk is coming right up right here, including the resolution of this perplexing Case or No Case. That's right after this. Don't go away. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. 
Hi, I'm Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I bet you're tired of hearing lawyer commercials. So just relax and listen to music for a few seconds. When you or a family member has been injured, call 800-616-4LAW or see us at pennyandassociates.com. See, that wasn't so bad. I'm going to quick quack car wash, get my car washed, make it quick quack, pretty shiny, sexy, just because I want to don't drive dirty, going to get my car suds at the quick quack car wash. It's the quick quack, quickest and the cleanest by far, we're talking three skinny minutes, sitting right in your car, wash a hundred feet of cloth, washing your car at the quick quack car wash. Any Honda, Mazda, Ford, or Chevy, Sauber, Cadillac, quick quack, I'll spruce her up just like that. You'll be happy looking snappy, you'll be glad you was at the quick quack. Car wash it on the web and go to don'tdrivedirty.com and see where you got your closest quick quack in the local area. Get in your car, get in your truck, get on the road, come visit the duck at the quick quack car wash, where your car will always leave happy, guaranteed. They take pride in being clean and green by conserving and recycling the water they use only at the Quick Quack Car Wash. Many women have so many clothes in the closet, but then we go to get dressed and find we have nothing to wear. Ah! We've all been there. We all want to be comfortable and fashionable at the same time, and it's difficult to find clothing that makes that task effortless. But at Letty & Company, you can find trendy, comfortable clothing that is affordable, things you'll want to wear every day. Shop with a purpose online with free shipping. Just go to lettyandcompany.com, lettyandcompany.com. I knew I had a problem, but I didn't know what to do about it. I tried counting calories, I took pills, eating and eating, and then more eating. I really wanted to stop, but nothing could make me stop. At one point, it was so bad that I just felt like giving up. I felt so alone. Like nobody else could possibly understand. We understand. We're Overeaters Anonymous, and we have helped thousands of people just like you. People who want to stop their compulsive eating and start living a healthy, rewarding life. Overeaters Anonymous, help me get my life back. Now I eat in a way that's healthy and good for me. I never realized what I was missing out on. With OA, I am living again and loving it. Start living the life you deserve with help from Overeaters Anonymous. Find us on the web at OA.org. Oh, stop it. Oh, come on. No points for you. You're listening to RadioLawTalk.com. And now back to your host, Frederick Penny. Those of you who don't know, Cal Hunter is from Idaho. He likes to make things up out of Idaho. Oh. He enjoys <laughs> Idaho area. He named some areas that he lived close to. He discussed an area that, of what, what happens in Idaho a lot because I live there. They have all these little sewing places, and and uh, and this is exactly oh right up his alley to make this. This is a 100, as the old saying my grandpa used to say from the early 1900s, this is a bunch of horse pucky. And Cal, this is a hundred percent made up, period, 
next. <laughs> you, you you would suggest that somehow I would come up with a phony story yes. about someone suing an incompetent lawyer from Idaho. You would yes. suggest that, Mr. And that's Penny. not too far from where you grew up in I Twin Falls. I don't think she. I don't think I he's suggesting sorry. anything. I think he's outright. <laughs> is it, is I am somewhat accusatory. <laughs> I, I would no, say. <laughs> if I was a betting man and we're in Vegas, I think I would have a lot of money. You know how we always say on radio, like, no, these are just allegations. These, nothing's been proven. Fred, no. he's not alleging. <laughs> There's no allegation here. This is fact. <laughs> For those of you who say this was a case, may I see by a show of hands? Oh, Todd, you luckily you won the last one. Look at that. <laughs> Denise, it is a, I said. It is a simple fact. No case here. <laughs> Everybody move along. Nothing else to see. It was just made up, right, Cal? <laughs> of course I made the whole thing up. The Are whole thing was, I knew it. <laughs> yeah. Twin Falls, Idaho. Yeah, come on. There are the, I check these places. You're, I check Idaho today, Falls. Right? I check Twin. Yeah. I check Boise. I check around for good cases, but this wasn't one of them. <laughs> uh, On that note, though, there is an interesting case developing out of the state of Idaho. Okay, what is about it? About a a woman whose kids went missing. Yes. And then she skipped out on the court date or the date where she was supposed to show proof of where they were. She was found in Hawaii with a new husband. Where she had moved. Where she had moved with a new husband whose wife had suspiciously passed away earlier. They're all from that neck of the woods in Idaho. And they got married. And her husband had also been killed by her brother. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Had been killed by her brother. The brother who also died in December. Right. So I'm going to do more research. And they're this is doom- coming no, in. No, no, and they're doomsdayers. He's a doomsdayer. They are. They yeah. are. Her new and husband is a doomsday writer. And, and, that's, yeah. and that's how they met, because she would writer? appear on his podcast. What does writer mean? Writer, author. Yes. Author. He writes he books. books about doomsday. A doomsday, but he's, I thought it was a religious cult. It's not? No. No, he's, 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 he's oh. a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Well, and has not taken, not, up, no, he, taken up on his own little tangent of doomsday stuff and trying to get people oh, to prepare for doomsday. Okay. So, so I, he's a prepper author, you could say, to the extreme. I so listen, it. I have yeah. only mentioned this as a tease for future shows because I want to research what's going on. No, I will tell you one and, thing. And figure stuff out I've this. studied this, and I didn't bring it up on purpose, but there's the, the most recent thing, by the way, let's back up. The big issue is they. she generally believes that doomsday or that Jesus Christ is coming, I believe, July 2021, like, very or, soon, or, yeah, very yeah, soon, yeah, or yeah. July 2020, and she has been. Uh, witnesses have said, yeah, she said it'd be better that my children were gone than than you know, and mm-hmm. and we might as well drive drive off a cliff. And they haven't found the children since September. She has a 17 year old and a seven year old, and the courts in Idaho. And by the way, they're in Hawaii. Yes. In in uh, Maui, I think. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. And the courts have ordered, Todd, you might understand this, that she has to produce the children to make sure that they're alive. And they gave her a certain time, and it was a judge that ordered it, and the time passed, and she never produced the children. They really haven't been seen since September of 2019, and she has not produced the children. And by the way, in that same town in Rexburg, Idaho, where they were, there is video footage around that time of her and her brother at the time, who mysteriously died also, and her doomsday husband dragging out huge totes, out heavy totes. They're barely able to lift them out of this 
um, Where storage they live. unit. Yeah. Yes. Storage yeah, right, unit. Right, right, right. She, she, she was arrested in Hawaii. She is yep. she is fighting extradition. So they have to do a whole extradition hearing. Well, she may not yet. They don't know if she's fighting well, it yet. The last, the last thing I yeah, read that, was that she, she said she's, she's fighting, gonna fight she's fighting, she's fighting okay. extradition. Yeah, so sure. we'll cover that as it comes up. Yes. We'll figure out what's going on and let you know here. That is. And, you know, Todd, I'm going to interrupt you. That, that Then the issue is why she, you know, the laws about the issue of requiring her to show that her children are alive and the reason they arrested her and brought her in is under these these laws that you're not caring for your children. Yes. I, I don't remember all the details of the laws. So, so this is it a juvenile court that's trying to protect the kids or was it the guardianship of the grandparents? I mean, it seems like it's a family law court almost. That's, that's why I said... And it's I a said, contempt issue, that's right? That's why I yes, said I wanted, I wanted to tease it. I'll research more in the future. All yes. I'm saying is, if you've ever heard the phrase, sometimes life is stranger than fiction. Truth is stranger than fiction. This case is why that yes. phrase yeah. exists. I have reached good, out to good. one of my TV friends who's been covering this very closely and we may be able to get him or her it's a she may be able to get them on the show for that a moment just to great. give us some background that'd if we be can. great i think that'd be cool yeah that would yeah. be wonderful yeah. so anyway we're going to talk about that that's that's a big but roger stone really quick roger stone is a longtime political strategist for donald trump thursday he was sentenced to 40 months in prison now this is the judge that also was doing a number of sentencing in the um uh, uh, concerning uh, what are the, the I just spaced it. Her name's Amy uh, Jackson. She's been yeah, Berman uh, Jackson. She's been doing a lot of the prosecutions in the. Uh, was she I, doing the sentencing in the Mueller, Mueller stuff? Mueller yeah. stuff. That's the word I was. Uh, Mueller stuff. And now this is uh, Stone. He gets 40, 40 months in prison for basically, they're saying lying to Congress. And 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 her whole argument is, uh, of course, the argument is this is all politically based. And she says no. This is, uh, has nothing to do with politics. He was prosecuted for covering up for the president, not for standing up for the president. And so um, here's the, there's going to be an issue, Todd, about a retrial. That's right. We'll talk about it when we come back because there w- might have been some juror misconduct. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of interesting, juror misconduct. And then we're going to discuss that. And then we're going to get into the water quality issue uh, with a footwear maker that's going to pay some money to... Michigan and some townships. We'll be back. Well, a lot of stuff still to come right here on Radio Law Talk. You don't want to miss a second of it. Remember, we're live 9 to noon Pacific on many radio stations and at radiolawtalk.com. And we post every episode afterward at radiolawtalk.com as well. So there's plenty to listen to. And we'll be right back. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy, and I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 
800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. That's 800-263-2610. Dish TV is better than cable TV. Why? Because you can save 45% on packages compared to your high-priced cable bill. Wow. Take those giant scissors out and cut the cable and save with Dish TV. Plus, you get a free DVR upgrade to record your favorite shows and free installation. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch TV for free on your mobile device. Act fast. You can save hundreds of dollars. Does your cable company do that for you? I don't think so. Get all the best TV programming at your fingertips at a fraction of the price of cable TV. So say adios, arrivederci, goodbye to the high cable bill, and save up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast, 800-814-5108, 800-814-5108, can help. Oh, that's down. Are you serious? All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk what were we doing? is strictly for the state or yes. states in which the advertiser is licensed. Now back to the show. Here you go, Fred, guys. Uh, yeah, we were yeah, we were talking about Roger Stone. We're so we're so fascinated with that Idaho uh, case coming up. We were talking about that, but Roger Stone. There was one thing the judge is. Uh, considering at this time. Exactly, because there's this issue that came up in the trial uh, that one of the jurors apparently was a bit more politically active and opposed to the Trump administration than she let on during jury selection. And it appears when reviewing, as the others had reviewed her, it's either Facebook or Twitter or both accounts, that she was making posts on social media while the trial was still going and during jury deliberations. not Maybe not while she was in the jury room, but if you look at the timing, it would be when she got home, she's making posts after they would break for the day. And based upon her political bias and things that she had said, the defense has made a motion before this same judge for a new trial because they believe that they got one juror who was not being fair. And look, Anything that I look at this is is reading the tea leaves, but the judge who made these statements that uh, many political and, and judicial commentators have said, boy, that seemed to kind of go over the top against uh, Stone, the comments made by this judge. Uh, this is the same judge that's going to hear the motion for a new trial. And I look at this thinking, while these statements may look, make her look extremely biased and unfair and, and biased against Trump and Stone, if the same judge and the same facts knows that they are going to grant the motion for a new trial, what better way to demonstrate your impartiality than to say, look, you know, I don't like you, you don't like the president, but... On these facts, this could not have been a fair trial based on what that juror did, so I'm going to grant you a motion for a new trial. It kind of sets it up for that. It'll be interesting to see how she rules in the next week or so when that new trial motion yeah, is Yeah, I'm curious on. about that, too, because she also mentioned that the prosecutors, the initial recommendation by the prosecutors was the correct way for them to do it and that uh, they needed to follow the original guidelines. But she did not take up their guidelines. She didn't grant a seven to a nine year. 
she only granted a 40-month. That's right. And just to – I can't remember if we talked about this the last section, but uh, the Attorney General, Bill Barr, this made news a couple weeks ago – when he read the sentencing recommendation from the four prosecutors that had been working on the Stone case, and it, the recommendation was seven to nine years, he, as the attorney general, went in and overrode their sentencing recommendation, loaded, lowered it to like a three to four year sentencing recommendation. Those four prosecutors resigned as, uh, you know, shortly after he did that. They resigned from, three resigned from the case, one resigned from the Justice Department. Yes, I, I thought all of them had resigned from the Justice Department. The fact is, they were no longer on this case. So when the judge issued her ruling, it wasn't in line with the previous request for seven to nine, but it was in line with the revised sentencing guidelines as requested three to four years. He got four, or three right. and Right, but I think the reason she took to task what had gone on in the Justice Department and all the the you know, chaos that was going on was to show that she was not being biased by the Justice Department chaos, too. I think she was really trying to show her lack of bias in ju not just to Stone, but also to um, the, politi the political background. So it'll be interesting to see how it, how it works out. So in Michigan, there's a company called Wolverine. Uh, it's a shoe company that makes shoes I mean, called boots. Wolverine, yeah. boots and everything. They make Hush Puppies, by the way, which was in the 70s when I was growing up, that was the big shoe, Hush Puppies, Keds, which was big when I was young, uh, Salcony, and Stride Right. Stride Right's a big children's shoe. Yeah. Did you ever wear Tough Skins? Remember those? Tough skins. They were the jeans from Sears. Yes. Yeah. And they had the robot that used to do yes. that. Yes. Yeah. I they came those. in sizes slim and husky. and They were reinforced in the knee, as I recall. It's yes. kind of, yeah, yeah, they last longer. That was the point. Sorry, I, I just get it waxing nostalgic. I'm like, what's the connection with well, Wolverine? Well, here's the deal. <laughs> Wolverine is, the, is basically the maker of all these, a lot of these shoes, and they're based out of uh, Lansing, Michigan area. And apparently there had been some. You know, over the years, they've been there a hundred and it said over a hundred years, 140 years. And I'm saying to myself, be gentle. And again, I believe, you know, the lawsuits and that, that's appropriate. Be gentle. You put them out of business. You know, this is a big employer over there. But they, they uh, and, and 3M, who was part of this, whatever this glue or this chemical, got into the drinking water, got into the water system. And they have come up with a settlement that the court has agreed for 113 million, of which approximately, um, I believe, uh, let's see, a, a significant amount 3M is paying for. I uh, 55 million, um, I believe, is what 3M is paying for. And then, and then let's see, the company is going to spend about 43.5 million on environmental investigation and remediation costs. That's what's going to go out. And then, and then appar apparently. Uh, they're going to be paying less than $55 million. That's the, the shoemaker Wolverine because the rest is, is coming out of 3M. Wait a minute. Let's see. Yeah, you're uh, right. Yeah, so 3M is, is paying $55 million. Wolverine's paying, I think it's $43.5 million. And what they're doing is they're going to help to connect municipal water to more than 1,000 properties. So they've agreed right. to help to improve some of the damage that, that they created right. because all the damage is in the underwater structure that's in the well system, not the municipal. Right. Now, now look, look, look. $113 million is certainly nothing to you know shake a stick at. That's a lot of money. But it does not even come close to taking the settlement 
or penalty cake imposed this week as a result of legal action. Now, this was a civil case. Right. But if you recall, previously on Radio Law Talk, we have talked about the Wells Fargo incident. Yes. Oh, yeah. Where they were opening up these phantom accounts for people, for their clients. Yep. Without letting them know, and that was a criminal case, not not a class action where the most of the money goes to the attorneys that brought it. This was brought by the SEC and the government, and they reached a settlement in that one just for recently. just recently this last week for three billion with a B, folks, billion with a B, three billion dollars against Wells Fargo, 500 million of which goes to investors who relied on their statements and then invested here and there. The other 2.5 billion goes to the government, basically. Well, well, penalties and goes to those that were harmed right, um, right. as payment to them. So, Wow. I'm going to wait and watch my mail because we have Wells Fargo. That's it. You know, we don't give advice here on legal advice. The only thing I would say is if you ever had a bank account with Wells Fargo, you might want to check your mail. Because sometimes, the, folks, sometimes those notices can come and it's easy to toss them because you think they're junk mail. Read your mail. And will the notice be coming from the SEC? It should be coming from the government to let them know that this is what happened. And this is not a case where there's going to be a bunch of lawyers that make a lot of money either, no, right? No, that's no, right. This that's is not a this is not a class action lawsuit where the lawyers make the most money. Because those are the ones where they send them and deliberately print so small that you regard them, and the lawyers get to keep all the money. Then, if you don't, you know. Well, that's it. Well, right? come on, yeah, let's not rip on lawyers. No, I'm just saying no, they get all the dough. <laughs> Denise was actually going, yeah, the lawyers aren't going to make any this time. Wait, like, you let me, wow. didn't let me finish. Not oh. that there's anything wrong with that. There, yes, yeah. yes, yes, we would not be able to pay for our. Big money we're making on Radio Law yeah, we, Talk. We, we settled this case on faulty eye surgery, and we've given you the notice in the smallest print possible. <laughs> Good luck. Good You've luck. got two, 22 hours to get now, this back to Now, believe me, the people that want to get some of the money, they're going to have to prove that they have the the um, the accounts that were open improperly. Right. Well, they're it, still going to have to show those well, statements. It, well, here, here's the thing. They they are and they aren't because the evidence that they're going to have to show to prove that they're entitled to money is the same evidence the government would have had to have to charge them to begin with that the account was open. So right. the government's already, the yeah. government's already got work. the evidence. And, oh. and the reason you're getting a notice is because they have the evidence. They were able to identify who you were. That's why you got the letter. So I, I, I think it might be a little easy as far as that's concerned. Because um, usually that's the yeah. hard part when you have, oh, this isn't a typical class action. That's right. That's that's right. right. It, it, it was, this okay. was a criminal prosecution. That's right. So. But it always comes down to it's probably, you know, 50 bucks and you got to spend three hours to fill the paperwork yeah. out. That's that's difficult and then you don't and, do and it And then right. they give it to you in a gift card that, yes. you know, is only redeemable. <laughs> a Wells Fargo credit card. <laughs> yes. And a brand new account. <laughs> hey, you know what? We're going to come back and talk about a USC and an ASU professor that get together and do research on psych testing use in court. This is very interesting. I know you think, okay, what's why is that interesting? Believe it or not, there's a substantial amount of this that's used in court to put people in jail, to take children away, to determine what they do in divorces, and they're finding some serious, serious flaws in this test. And we're going to be back and talk about it. You want to hear this. Luckily, there's no psych test to listen to Radio Law Talk. You can do it anytime you want to. So stay tuned. There's more coming right up right here on your favorite radio station and, of course, online from radiolawtalk.com. Don't go away.
advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. That's 800-263-2610. If you are trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO, private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 800-296-1252. Warning, don't let your business get left behind in what is likely to be the biggest economic boom in recent history. If you need to build for your business to grow, call General Steel today for a pre-engineered steel building designed for your needs. No wasted space. Steel prices are expected to rise, but you can still lock in your price on a General Steel building. And you can still save as much as half the cost and time of conventional construction. As much as half. But you must call now. If you need a church building, office, warehouse, manufacturing space, retail space, or more, call General Steel today. You can still get the General's 50-year structural warranty and General steel quality all at a price you can afford so don't let rising steel prices put your project out of reach and stop you from making your company great 800-617-9312 800-617-9312 that's 800-617-9312 Can anybody tell me what a disclaimer is? All right, then. 
Non uti consilius me oriere por questus purpurium juris consult. Last, that's a nice touch. Thank you, Denise. Next time we'll try it in English if that's okay. Fred, how about you? Cal, I don't want to read all this. Can we just tell the people that we're discussing general legal issues and they should hire their own attorney instead of relying on what we have to say here? Well, we could, I guess. Uh, uh, Chris? I'm not going to be there anyway. Why have me do it? Let's, Let's have, have Todd, Todd do it. it. Me? <laughs> read disclaimers? Why, I couldn't. <clears throat> the information you hear on Radio Law Talk is general. The preceding promo was for entertainment purposes only. And if you want true legal advice, you pay my fee. I'll take your case. At Radio Law Talk. Radio read our disclaimers Law Talk. On Radio now, Law Talk. back to the show. As well. Well, that's kind of that's kind of funny. Well, it happens. We it got, happens. We you know, like it. Fred we, and I were talking in between the break, and I got distracted. It's no, my fault. We're good. Shame we're on good. me. Hey, you know what? We're talking about this critical psych test study. Now, what happens in courts is they'll bring psychiatrists in to determine, you know, uh, culpability of this person or this person's person's psyche, determine whether or not they the kids should go to this parent or that parent, or in a criminal case, and uh, two professors, one out of USC and one out of ASU, they wanted to do a study to determine if these are really legitimate type of uh, psychiatric tests that they should be using. Now, the new study examined 876 court cases in the U.S. between 2016 and 2018. Denise, what did they find? Not, they found that yeah. most – okay. There are different types of psychological testing. Right. First, you have intelligence tests. You have personality tests. You have attitude tests. You have achievement tests. You have aptitude tests. You have neuropsychological tests, vocational tests, and you have direct observation tests. So there's really nine type of tests. And what they what they found was that much of these testing um, are really unreliable, and they're not – being challenged in the court structure or in the court system or any court cases as to their reliability. And that's what's, um, what they found. Uh, the psychological tools are just being admitted, and they're just maybe not as scientifically accepted as um, to, to meet the Kelly Fry standard. Who came up with the idea to test the tests? Was that these professors these on professors their own? These professors just said that yeah, they did basically said we want to do this study and determine determine what's going on with these tests. Now here's the issue: Did you know that in their tests they found out that only in three percent of the cases were any legal challenges brought forth as to the validity of the test? That is really low. Only three percent of the of the of the tests. They said, "Look, we're gonna we're gonna challenge this. Not that they won, just the fact that they challenged only three percent." I I was in um, trial yesterday, and this issue comes up about whether or not it should be done. And very interestingly, the judge in our case mentioned that this the our case was not the type of case at all where it should be done because there was a recommendation that it should be done, and the parties couldn't afford it. Number one. Secondly, there was no indication that either party had any psychological problems. And when you're dealing with psychological testing to determine if you're going to be a good parent or not, there's a lot of assumptions you make in these psychological testings um, about personality disorders or about characteristics in personality that may or may not impact someone's parenting. 
So I'm not sure that it's a great tool in the in the context of custody of children, but it is commonly used and it is commonly accepted. One of the tests they talk about, the one that they primarily focused on was called the Minnesota Multiphasic Personality Inventory, the MMPI. In the criminal sense, this is when the test is used. If somebody has been convicted of a violent sexual offense, when they get close to being released from prison, in some jurisdictions, California and others, about six months before the end of their prison date, uh, somebody from the Department of Health will go in and interview the defendant who's about ready to be released. And they apply this test, which tests whether or not uh, the personality traits of the individual, plus it's testing for psychopathology. And if they test score high enough and show that they have some sort of personality disorder, such that the person, the, the doctor believes that there is a risk that that person might reoffend, they then petition the county that incarcerated the person to have that person committed to the state mental hospital and for an indeterminate period of time. So as soon as they're done with prison, they think they're getting out. If the county does a trial on that and a jury says, yep, we think that they are at risk, the person is designated a sexually violent predator, goes to the state mental hospital, and they may never get out. But that's only on sexual crimes, though, right? Sex, uh, with, with sexually yeah. violent predators. Yeah. That's how the test is used. And if they're saying now this test doesn't work, there's people that have essentially been still committed to state custody using a test that might not be... In effect, imprisoned yeah. after their term and unable to get out until they can pass this test that may or may not be applied arbitrarily. I mean, are there right. absolute finite standards, or is it... I mean, that's my right, question. I'll go over that in a minute. Go ahead, Denise. Well, one of the things that I... They weren't just limiting it to the MMPI. Um, they were also looking at other tests. Um, and one of the most unreliable tests is called the Rorschach. I don't know if you've heard of that. NFL gives it to players during the draft, the Rorschach test, to give it to every exactly. draftee. That's where they're shown a picture, and then they have to say, this is what they see in the picture, and then the psychologist interprets that. It is so subjective. And believe it or not, that is sometimes <laughs> given in family law matters. Not as often, but it is sometimes Can given in family law matters. Can you see me taking that matters. test? What do you see in there? A uh, cheeseburger. <laughs> what do you see in this one? Hot dog. <laughs> I'm on a diet. <laughs> if, I mean, it reminds, Todd Katz. It, it, it reminds me of the joke about the guy that was doing the, the Rorschach test, and every time the doctor brought up some heat, you know, the guy would respond, well, I see a naked woman, I see this, that. And the doctor says, well, you know, I, I think you may have a problem here. And the guy says, I don't know, you're the one with the dirty pictures. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Well, here's so the, interpretation is a big issue. Yeah, no, exactly. it, so here's what they're finding. Go ahead. They found, they found, they looked at hundreds of these that we talked about, and they found that one-third, again, one-third of those exams were not reviewed in the field's most prominent manuals. And of those that were reviewed, that they did review, 40% were graded favorably. Again, only 40% were graded favorably nearly a quarter were deemed unreliable. And the, and the courts allowed them in. So everybody either takes the test, has a, a six out of 10, is either loony or the test they, um, uh, well, by the by yeah. the determination, well, or, what type or of they test can't tell. Yeah. So 60%, that's a lot. Well, I don't know the numbers. Those are, there's so many numbers here, it's confusing. Here, here's, but here's, it's, here's kind of a thing in the family law arena too. 
um, when they're being recommended by child custody recommending counselors or child evaluators or custody evaluators, they're recommending to their other professional friends. So they're recommending these parties go to psych evals, and, and, and then they're basically helping their other mental health professionals to make money. That's it. Some, and, yeah. and, and it's not unusual in this area for it to be a $7,500 proposition. Yeah. And in other areas, in the Bay areas, it could be $10,000 to $20,000. Are the lawyers going to kick back or commission no, on that? No, 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 no. no, no. But no. these psych, psychs are making money. Well, and, and you talked about how very rarely these are challenged in court, right? 3%, right. Well, according well, to their study. And, and, you know, practically speaking, think about this. You get a person that might be subject to that test. They're a criminal defendant. They got no money. They get appointed a public defender, which on average is an attorney who's only been a couple years out of law school. Right. And and this young attorney just out of law school is going to go toe to toe with a professional expert witness. I'm telling you, that's the hardest cross examination to do. The experts in the mental health field will eat your lunch. Yeah, you have to have you your know own. what you're doing. You have to have your own expert that can yeah. help you. There's just no way. Um, and, and cross-examination of experts is tricky anyway, but you have to have a basic understanding mm-hmm. of what these tests are supposed to be doing and how they can be interpreted, interpreted and how they can be misinterpreted as well. So always having your own expert is going to be important, but most family law parties cannot afford this type of, of, exactly of, of, right. of evaluation process. And honestly, if you have a personality defect... Well, that's fascinating. Uh, It really is, but not as fascinating as quick takes, Todd. Well, this comes out of a case we talked about just briefly, but anytime somebody asks me why I don't date, I'm now going to point to what's going on in Idaho. (laughs) And I'm saying the child custody recommending counselors and custody evaluators need to stop recommending psych evaluations in every case, period. It's not necessary. Sotomayor is not happy with the majority's latest ruling on immigration. I just have one thing to say from famous Rodney King. Can we can we all get along? Can we can we get along? Um, Can we stop making it making it horrible for for the (laughs) Let's all get along. We'll see you next week. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Radio Law Talk. We'll see you next time. You have been listening to RadioLawTalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated.
Oh, this is Wayne Allen Root, relentless conservative warrior, middle-class warrior, and always Trump warrior. I have a message for my fellow patriots across America. President Trump is making America great again. He's the only president in my lifetime who is keeping his promises, and his biggest promise is to build that wall. President Trump can only do it with our help. If Congress won't fund Trump's wall, we will. President Trump is one man against the world, and what globalists and socialists around the world want is clear, open borders. It's time to take a stand. We either build the wall, or it's the end of the greatest nation of world history history ever blessed by God. That's why I founded the Root for the Wall Pack. 63 million Trump voters together will raise the money President Trump needs for the wall. Anyone who donates $100 or more will get a beautiful commemorative wall brick. Display it proudly. Call 844-ROOT-WALL. That's toll-free, 844-ROOT-WALL. Or go to rootwall.com. We will build this wall together. Call 844-ROOT-WALL or go to rootwall.com. Root for the Wall Pack. Pay for it. Responsible for the content of this message. Not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. Rootwall.com.